Welcome to the Platform Podcast, where we talk to coaches, athletes, experts, and real people to learn about their approaches to training, nutrition, mindset, and much more. I'm your host, Jordan Kundi Wright, founder and head coach of the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club, and I'm on a mission to help others build sustainable, healthy lifestyles. Now, we are only three days away from the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open 2021, and I cannot tell you how excited I am. Um, we are going to be lifting in person with about 25 lifters, uh, as well as about 20 plus uh, virtual submissions that are also coming in. So I am very, very grateful to everyone who signed up to compete. And I am incredibly excited to see you all, to meet you in person, to lift with you, to watch your performances. And I hope it is a fantastic experience for everyone. Um, I want to give a shout out to the sponsors, uh, Bellevator Belts. Uh, has given us two belts to give away. Barefoot Athletic Shoes has given us gift certificates for six pairs of Ursus uh, athletic uh, training shoes. Uh, Pro Kettlebell, uh, Nikolai Pushlov has uh, shipped us some sets of his Pro Kettlebells in both sizes. Um, so the smaller size and as well as the larger size. So we're going to have sets of those to use. Uh, 27 Degrees Apparel for customizing our shirts and designing the logo. You can order those directly from his website. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, Nathan Cameron, Cameron Customs, for uh, giving us two Caddy Rock plate loadable uh, maces that you can that you can use as well as uh, Gaspari Nutrition. So thank you very much to our sponsors. I cannot wait uh, to get hands and swag. And I announced to all the lifters, and I'll announce it to y'all here, that um, we're going to do it a little bit differently than it's been done at some other contests. Rather than big prize packs going to the top lifters, um, we're going to give stuff away uh, as a raffle drawing. If you, if you signed up to compete, um, we're going to raffle off the prizes because... Let's be honest, the top lifters probably already have a belt. They probably already have a bunch of training gear. Um, so they probably don't need the stuff as much as somebody who's just getting into the sport competing for the first time, maybe is on the fence about spending the money on a Bellevator belt. You absolutely should, by the way, if you don't win, they're, they're absolutely worth the money. Um, or getting some barefoot training shoes or you know any, any of the other things, right? Um, I, wanna, I wanna give people prizes that, that might uh, not be the top lifters. But that does not mean that we are leaving the top lifters out high and dry. Um, I am going to be giving away a cash prize to the top three coefficient lifters. First place gets $150, second place gets $100, and third place gets $50. Um, so there's going to be cash money um, on the line for the best lifters as well. So people that come out and have a great performance um, are going to have a chance to win some cash as well. So. Um, if you're still listening, I want to say I'm grateful for that. Thank you so much for uh, being a listener of this podcast. The best way you could support me um, is to support our sponsors, whose links you'll find in the episode notes. You can still register for a video submission for the Twin Seeds Kettlebell Open. Um, I'm going to shut down that registration here uh, at midnight tonight, so you still have one more chance to do that. Um, and of course, if you want to step onto the platform and compete in kettlebell sport, or if you need help with your nutrition, uh, please reach out to me. I help athletes of all levels reach their goals without wasting time using my integrated coaching approach. Of course, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Twin Cities Kettlebell Club, or you can email me at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub at gmail.com. Now, without further ado, I'm going to let you into this episode where I plan to reveal my top five things I wish I had known 
before my first comp. So let's get into it. Right, welcome into the platform podcast. We are live on Facebook at the Kettlebell Fat Blast group. So, if you want to uh, see these live streams when they happen, uh, you can go join that page, sign up um, for that Facebook group, the Kettlebell Fat Blast group. Kettlebell Fat Blast group on Facebook. Sorry, I'm going to talk a little bit fast today because I am fucking hyped. I am so excited. I cannot even. I can't even articulate how excited I am right now. I have goosebumps right now, even just, just talking about it. Uh, I know I've been away for a little bit. It's uh, been a lot of things. It's been a confluence of things. I am uh, obviously preparing for this competition, which is less than 72 hours away, which is crazy to me. I am so, so excited. So it's going to be on Saturday. We're recording this on Wednesday morning. It is 1134 a.m. local time right now. Um, and uh, first bells go up at 1 p.m. on Saturday. I got friends uh, starting to arrive uh, in the next couple of days. Uh, I'm getting ready to, to transport bells over to the athlete lab uh, and make uh, final preparations for the, uh, for the event. So I am incredibly excited about that. I cannot wait to see you all here. It is gonna be so fun. It's gonna be crazy. Um, there's going to be some awesome performances. I am quite certain some people are going to come out and put on some great, great lifts. Um, and I want to thank everybody that that's coming out. I really hope you have a, have a great time. Um, and, you know, thank you to all of our sponsors uh, for sponsoring the event. I uh, listed them in the, in the intro to the show. So I won't, I won't, uh, I won't list them out uh, again. Actually, no, I will, because there are sponsors and I want to give them the shout outs, right? Bellevator belts, barefoot athletic shoes, uh, pro kettlebell, 27 degrees apparel, Cambrian customs and Gaspari nutrition. Uh, thank you guys all for, for sponsoring the event. Really uh, appreciate, uh, really appreciate your support. So thank you very much. All right. Um, so what am I going to talk about today? Um, I, I teased it in the intro. I'm going to tell you five things that I wish I had known prior to my first competition. Uh, and I got to give a shout out to, to my, my buddy, Joe Honings. Um, he's uh, one of my lifters and he's going to be here uh, competing in a couple of days. Uh, and he was like, gave me this idea. He's like, oh, I really, you should do an episode on, on like, what are the things that you wish you knew prior to your first competition? And I was like, that is a great idea. Um, because that's one of the questions I always ask people, right? Is like, if you could go back in time and, and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? Or if you were working with a new lifter, what would be the one piece of advice you'd be? So this is kind of a spinoff on that, right? What are the top five things that you wish you knew prior to your first competition? So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to give you those. Um, first, I'm going to take a drink here. We're going to see if I can do an announcer voice. Number five. Uh, don't show up, I'm sorry, don't sign up for all three lifts, your first competition. I made that mistake uh, the first time I competed. I was like, oh, you can, you can do three lifts? Cool. 
I'm going to get my fucking money's worth. <laughs> I'm going to make sure I get my bang for my buck. My $75 is not going to be wasted. I'm going to sign up for all three lifts. And that is exactly what I did. And uh, as you can imagine, it did not end well. <laughs> um, uh, the, the order I did them in was, uh, was long cycle, snatch, and then jerk. Uh, I don't know why I signed up for him in that order. I didn't sign up for triathlon. I at that time I don't I don't think triathlon was even really a thing uh, at that time when I when I signed up for my first comp. Um, I don't think there was an official event called triathlon, but I was just like I'm gonna I'm gonna get my money's worth. Um, so so I did long cycle first because that's what I had been training for, uh, and that went okay. Um, and then I did snatch, um, and that went okay as well. Actually, I finished I finished the ten minutes on on snatch. Um, I can't remember if I finished the 10 minutes on long cycle. I, I don't think I did, but I'm not sure. Um, but what I can tell you is I fucking died on jerk um, because I did not have the training base to support three 10 minute sets, um, nor did I understand the physical demands that were going to be placed on my body. I didn't know what I didn't know, obviously. Um, so I, I was not prepared for the physical demands that 10 minute sets would place on my body. Um, and then trying to do all three of them in one day is one of the hardest things you can do. Um, it is just an incredibly challenging thing. Um, it's what I currently try to do when I compete. I try and do triathlon um, because I'm crazy like that. Um, and since I'm not exceptional at any one lift, I figure I'll try and be good at all three of them. Um, I also like the training style of training for all three lifts because it helps keep me, keeps me healthy, balanced, um, more engaged, you know, et cetera. Things that we've talked about here, um, on the podcast with, with guests and, you know, I've, I've articulated a little bit about my philosophy and why I train that way. But with that said, if it's your first competition, do not sign up for all three lifts especially not 10 minute sets, because in all likelihood, you don't have the training base and you probably also don't have the, the technique down in all three lifts. You might have one lift, focus on one lift. I usually recommend beginners start with long cycle because there's the most margin for error. There's the most opportunity to spread the, the suffering around a little bit, jerk. There is no opportunity for that. Um, there's the most margin for error in long cycle. It has the least, um, the least uh, mobility require or it has less mobility requirements than jerk. I don't know if it has more or less mobility. Probably has more mobility requirements than snatch, but um, snatch is a very highly technical lift, and uh, long cycle is as well, but it's not as highly technical as snatch. So, usually recommend people start with long cycle. If you want to play with a second lift and sign up for a second lift, cool, right? But make one lift your primary focus. Um, focus on long cycle or focus on focus on snatch. Obviously, work with your coach. Um, so, and, and talk about what lift should be your, your focus, but I would recommend that you sign up for one primary lift and you can sign up for a secondary lift at, for fun, but do not sign up for all three lifts expecting that you're going to go in and perform, right? If you want to do a 10 minute set on long cycle and then sign up for a five minute jerk and a five minute snatch, okay, you can do that. I guess that's a way you could sign up for all three lifts, but the point is don't expect to be competitive in all three lifts. Don't, don't set that expectation for yourself because you will set yourself up for failure. It is not very likely that that is uh, going to end well for you. Trust me, I've been there. Learn from my mistake. Number four, take a bit longer to warm up than you usually do. Um, the reason I say that is A, comp day is the peak. 
it's when you want to perform your best. So you really want to make sure that you set yourself up for the best opportunity to perform your best. A strong warm-up, a good, a good warm-up is one of the keys to that, right? So you want to make sure that you have enough time to warm up. So I would recommend that you actually start a little bit sooner and set aside more time than you think you need because you need to get to the venue. You need to figure out your flight time. Hopefully it's been sent out to you ahead of time. Flight times have been sent out for the, uh, for the open. Um, I will be sending out finalized flight times because we've got a few changes as people gave me feedback, but I will be sending out finalized flight times. Um, but you, you'll, have to, you'll have to check your flight times. You'll have to prep your bells. You have to get familiar with the facility, find out where the warm-up area is, what's available to you, right? The time can go by faster than you think. And the last thing that you want is to be rushing through your warm-up and to get a short warm-up or to get a warm-up that really gets your heart rate too high, right? You need to take the time to slowly build your heart rate, to get your muscles warm, right? Just set aside more time than, than you think you need um, because you never want to be rushed, right? So that, that warm-up is going to be super important and it's important on comp day. We, we all know that in practice and in training, a lot of times warm-ups, hopefully you take the time to warm up very, very well for every practice. But if your life is anything like mine, sometimes you just don't have time to dedicate to uh, an extended warm-up. I, I always warm up, but instead of it being 30 minutes, um, sometimes it's 15, sometimes it's 10 right? Occasionally it's five and those days usually don't go well. So I try and make sure I give myself at least 10, 15 minutes to get warmed up. So take a bit longer than you think you need to warm up. Set aside extra time, take it slow, build your heart rate up. I'm not saying, I'm not saying do a different warm-up routine. I'm just saying give yourself more time to do it, to go through all of the things because part of being prepared for your lift doesn't even have anything to do with the actual physical warming up. It's the getting comfortable with the venue, finding all your stuff, getting your bells prepped, sanding, chalking, all of those other things, as well as getting yourself physically ready to go. So I generally recommend starting. So whatever, whatever your usual warm-up time is, add like 25 to 30% to that. I'm not saying double it, right? But just add like 25 to 30% to your to your warm-up time. So give yourself a little bit more time because it's going to help you. Um, get more warm and be prepared to perform at your peak, okay? So that's tip number four, very, very important. Number three, set aside time to calm yourself down. Now that one might sound weird to you guys, but this is one of those things that I have really found helps my athletes. Um, we want general excitation level to be lower than it's usually higher on comp day which means you come out hot right it means your your heart rate your heart rate comes comes out higher than it usually is so if your baseline heart rate uh, in training is 80 beats per minute you might find that you start at 90 95 even 100 beats per minute so set set aside time to I mean, I'm actually going to adjust. I'm not going to say to calm yourself down, to get yourself in the right headspace. Um, because as I talked about with Dan John uh, on his episode, some athletes need to be pumped up. 
Um, some people are just so calm um, that they actually need they need some excitation. They need they need somebody to to jack them up, right? Um, some people, uh, like myself, are wired you know very very high, and they need to take time to take some breaths, calm yourself down, get your mind right, get your heart rate down. Because for me, I will come out. Uh, I've come out in zone two before which is crazy, um, especially since you know in a, long, in a long cycle set or in a kettlebell set, you're going to end up in zone five. Um, so to start in zone two is bad. <laughs> um, you, you, come out, you come out that, that pumped up, that jacked up, um, you're going you're gonna to be in for a world of hurt. Uh, so you want to make sure that your general excitation level is at the appropriate level for you. So if that means that you need to pump yourself up a little bit, or if it means you need to, to calm yourself down a little bit, take the time to do it. Set aside time specifically for that. I like to set aside time to visualize my set. So that means I need an extra 10 minutes in addition to my warm up time. So if I need 40, you know, if I typically take 30 minutes to warm up was my ideal for practice and I add, you know, 25% to that and I, so I'm doing, you know, I'm doing a 45 minute warm up, right? Um, then I need to add another 10 minutes on that for visualization and to get my mind right before my set. That means I need to give myself a full hour prior to my set in order to be in the right headspace for my set, right? So think about these things ahead of time. Have a plan, right? And part of the reason I sent out the flight schedule so far in advance is so that I could get feedback from people um, on if they needed changes made or if they needed more time between sets. And I did, have, I did have some people reach out to me and say, hey, you know, can you give me more time between, uh, between my, jerks, my jerk set and my snatch set or my long cycle set and my snatch set, right? Um, because if you need that time, ask for it. Worst thing I could have said is, no, sorry, this is all I can do. But most organizers like myself are going to try and be flexible because we want people to have a good, <laughs> we want people to have a good performance. We want people to have a good time. We don't want it to be rushed. We want them to do their best, right? So think about how much time you need for your warm up, and don't be afraid to ask for it. Um, but if you're only doing one or two lifts and there's plenty of time, just make sure that you start on time. Set an alarm on your phone to remind you to start your warm up, right? Because honestly, in the hype of a of a competition, you can get caught up in watching somebody else's set or it's a lifter that you've really wanted to see lift and they're on the platform, um, you know, you, you might need to walk away to get started on your warmup um, to make sure that you're, so that you're focused on yourself and that you're, that you're getting yourself the time that you need to get warmed up and get yourself in the right headspace. So set aside time for mental preparation, not just physical preparation. Set aside time to, to, to get your mind right before you step on the platform. Okay, so that's that's tip number three. So we've got don't don't sign up for all three lifts. Take a little bit longer to warm up. Uh, set aside time to get your mind right. All right. We interrupt this episode to give a shout out once again to our sponsors for the 2021 Twin Cities Kettlebell Open. Thank you very much to Dennis Vasilev 
Elevator Belts and the IKO for helping us put on this uh, event. Thank you to Barefoot Athletic for the shoes. Um, they make the best barefoot training shoes that you can use. Uh, highly recommend them, especially for snatch, squats, deadlifts, and any barefoot type of activity. Thank you to Nathan Cambron and Cameron Customs for the Shoulder Rock Plate Loadable Maces. Thank you to Sean from 27 Degrees Apparel for designing our logo for the event as well as the t-shirts. You can still order those shirts uh, customizable on the back from his website at 27degrees.ca. And thank you to Nikolai Puchlov from Seattle Kettlebell Club and Pro Kettlebell for providing us the Pro Kettlebells uh, to use at the competition. Really excited to put hands on those, and he has been working his butt off to try and get those things out the door uh, after dealing with some some major supply chain and, and foundry issues. So I'm really excited uh, that he has been able to overcome that, and I really want to thank him for all of his hard work and uh, very, very much appreciated. Um, so thank you very much Nikolai and uh, last but not least Gaspari Nutrition for their uh, ongoing support and I look forward to seeing you all at the competition without further ado let's get back into this episode number two don't change things on comp day god damn it let me say it one more time for the people in the back don't change things on comp day bobby hicks i'm looking at you changing to changing your chalk the day of a competition what are you thinking (laughs) sorry buddy (laughs) i know you're listening i gotta i gotta give you a little shit um you know and honestly this can't this can be a little bit challenging there are some things that are inside of your control and there are some things that are not. Um, when you go to a competition, they may not have your preferred style of bells and you're probably not packing up your own kettlebells to bring them to the competition. Some competitions don't even allow you to do that. Um, you know, so you're, you're probably not going to get hands on exactly the bells that you want. You can look, you can look ahead of time, what kind of bells are going to be provided and you can try and practice with those. Right. But what I mean is, don't change anything in your routine. Don't change anything that you have control over on comp day, right? So don't try new shoes on comp day. Don't lift with a belt for the first time on comp day. Don't, don't change chalk on comp day. Don't decide you're going to try, you know, uh, a new pre-workout supplement or you're going to eat a different breakfast, right? You're going to, you know, um, try and stick to your routine. Our bodies perform best when we are in a routine and competitions in general are outside of our normative routine because we're going to a different venue. Most of the time you're traveling somewhere for it, right? You're, you're not going to the place that you normally practice at perform at. So there's already changes to your routine. You're probably sleeping in a different bed, et cetera, et cetera. So keep as many things as possible the same. This is one thing I learned a great appreciation for as a college athlete, especially um, traveling for school, right? For, for football games and track meets in school. One of the things that our coaches tried to do was have a, a routine for us on the road, 
right? So that we had the same lights out time, we had breakfast, right? They tried to keep things the same. We had a walkthrough, you know, et cetera. We get to the stadium a certain amount of hours prior to, and it's always the same amount of time. The warm-up routine stayed the same, right? We try and keep the routine as close to what it would be if we were at home hosting the game, right? Because it leads to better comfort levels. It leads to higher level of performance. You, your body knows what to expect. It knows what is coming about, right? Um, it, it, it helps get you prepared, right? And it helps minimize the distraction and the disruption from the things that you can't control, right? Like different bells, different venue, um, the music choices, right? The chalk that's provided at a, at a venue might be different than what you use. You can bring your own chalk. That's fairly easy to do. You don't, you don't bring a big kilo bag, especially if it's unlabeled and just powderized because that will get you strip searched at TSA. Um, speaking from experience. Um, <laughs> so mystery bags of white powder uh, generally are frowned upon. Um, they do even look questionably on them, even if they're labeled, you know, Viking chalk, um, they'll still probably look questionably on it. But um, you know, that's okay. <laughs> offer, offer the TSA a line of chalk and see how they do. Um, but uh, you can bring your own chalk. So do that. Um, but, but keep things as, as close to your normal routine as you possibly can, because it's going to help maximize your comfort level. It's going to help maximize your performance. Okay, so once again, don't change things on comp day. Stick to your routine. Don't do things differently. Don't change your warm up. Stick to the routine. Do what you normally do to prepare yourself. Just give yourself a little bit more time, right? Those are the previous, the previous tips, right? Setting aside time to calm yourself down or get your head right and taking a little bit time to warm up. Not changing the routine, just giving yourself more time for that same routine. And last but not least, number one. Don't come out too fast. I'm going to say that again. Don't come out too fast. Have a plan for the fact that it's comp day and you're going to be excited. Even if you took the time to get your mind right, when you step on the platform, people are watching, the music is pumping, the judge is looking at you, right? That gets my heart rate up. Even just saying that right now, I'm mentally, I can, I can see it in my head and my heart rate starts to go up. It starts to get elevated. I get the goosebumps, right? Know that that is going to happen. Know that if you enjoy this sport and if you enjoy competing, you're going to get excited. And if it's your first competition, you're going to be fucking nervous. I guarantee you, I don't know anybody who wasn't nervous their first time competing. That's okay. It's normal. It means you're alive. <laughs> but prepare for that and plan your pace accordingly. Joe Daniels had a great saying on, on Facebook or Instagram the other day when we were talking about coming out, you know, somebody came out too hot in training on their jerk set. And he said, it's, it's like biting it. It's like biting into a hot pocket. That's that's too hot. 
you can't unburn your tongue or you can't unburn the roof of your mouth, right? If you come out too hot in the first couple of minutes and you're going too fast, your heart rate gets high, you can't slow down enough to get your heart rate back down. It, it, you're, you're just not gonna be able to do it. You can always go faster. You can always step on the gas, but you can't, you can't successfully get your heart rate down mid-set if you come out too, too fast. It just doesn't, it just doesn't happen. So don't come out too fast, plan on it. No, and this is something I work with with, um, with my athletes all the time. We, we figure out what is the strategy to get you to the number that you, that you wanna get to What's the target that we're aiming for? And what is the strategy? And I can guarantee you that minute one, minute two, those first two minutes are almost always slower than the pace that we need to average. There are very few athletes that I'm comfortable with coming out at the pace that they need to sustain. That's not to say there aren't exceptions. There are people that are very much like metronomes and are just very, they're very controlled, but they're usually experienced lifters too, or they're experienced athletes people who are experienced with pacing and they're used to it but I would say 90% of the people that I work with I recommend that they come out below the pace that they need to average for the set to hit the number but even even the athletes that that I allow to come out at that pace we don't come out fast we don't say we need to average eight rpms and come out at nine or ten in minute one we start at eight and we just hold eight right <laughs> We don't, we don't, we don't come out fast. They, they don't start too fast. They just start on pace, right? So most people I recommend starting a little bit slower, right? So say you want to get to pace eight for the set. Usually what I say is, okay, start at six for minute one, minutes, minute two, we go to seven. We check in at the end of two minutes and see how we're feeling. So long as everything's going okay, then we go to eight and then we go eight until halftime. You know, at five minutes, we check in again. How are we feeling at pace eight? Then you have the choice of either accelerating if you need to accelerate or the goal was to accelerate from there or you can sustain, or if you're not feeling good, you can back off, right? We want to, we want to check in and see, right? And then we go and we check in again. I usually have people go from, from minute five to minute seven at the pace we decide at halftime, that the, they decide at halftime while they're on the platform. And then we check in again, minute seven, minute eight. We just try and make sure we survive that minute. Then we check in again when there's two minutes left and decide whether or not we want to start picking up the pace, sustain pace, or whether we need to back off. And the last minute, we always try and finish with a flurry. We always try and finish fast. That, that's how we approach it in the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club. That's how I approach it with my athletes. That's how I approach it when I'm coaching people. Um, but it all starts with, it's all built on the foundation of not coming out too fast. Understanding that you're likely going to be excited, you're likely going to be nervous, and not coming out of the gates too fast because you can't unburn your mouth, you can't get your heart rate down, right? You, you got to you got to plan for that and know that you're going to be excited and know there's going to be an adrenaline dump, right? So plan for it, strategize for it, pace for it. You'll be more successful, okay? So those were my top five things that I wish somebody had told me before my first competition. Number five, don't sign up for all three lifts. 
Number four, take a little bit longer uh, to do your warm-up routine. Set aside time to get your mind right is number three. Don't change things on competition day is number two. And the number one thing is don't come out too fast. Manage your pacing. Know that you're going to be excited. Don't come out too fast. And I'm going to give you one more bonus one. Um, and this is one, this is one that uh, might be might be controversial for some people, um, but you don't have to finish the time. Everybody, everybody looks at uh, finishing the time as this, as this great uh, sacred cow, I guess is what I'll say in, in kettlebell sport, that you need to finish the 10 minutes. And don't get me wrong, finishing the 10 minutes is the goal um, because typically people who finish the time get more reps than people that don't. But it is also very true that for some people, um, they feel better and perform better coming out at a faster pace for a shorter period of time. I mean, it's just like, it's just like anything else. There are sprinters, there are marathon runners. Some people feel better going fast and they can go fast for a short period of time. And there are some people that are marathon runners and they can go steady Eddie for extended periods of time, right? So if you know that you can go eight RPMs on long cycle for eight minutes and hit 64 reps, or you have the choice and you're like, well, I really want to finish the time. So I'm going to back my pace down to six RPMs and you go to six RPMs and you make it to minute seven, minute eight, and you're struggling because you're going slow. You're, you're still under tension that same amount of time, but you're going slower. You're not performing as many reps. And then you get to, to minute nine and you've performed 54 reps and you don't finish the 10th minute or you don't have anything left in the tank to sprint minute 10, right? So if you can hold eight RPMs for eight minutes and get 64 reps, or you can go finish the time, but only get 60 reps, which is better? Well, the point of the sport is to get as many reps as possible in the time. It's not just to finish the time. Finishing the time is a mechanism by which most people get more reps, but finishing the time is not the goal in and of itself. The goal is more reps, right? So uh, you don't have to finish the time. I know that's controversial. Uh, there'll be a lot of coaches that might disagree with me. There might be some orthodox lifters that, that disagree with me and that's cool. Hit me up, give me comments. Uh, tell me I suck, tell me why I'm wrong. That's fine, we'll talk about it. Um, but the goal is to, to lift the most amount of reps you can in the time specified, uh, not finish the time. So, all right, that is it for this week's episode of the Platform Podcast. Thank you for your patience. I know it took a little hiatus there um, for, for a little bit, but uh, coming back at you, going to record some more stuff, um, probably interview somebody uh, either at the competition or before or after the competition, maybe a couple somebodies. We'll see. Uh, I'll have my microphones charged, ready to roll. So thank you all very, very much. And I cannot wait to see you at the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open. And otherwise, if you can't make it or you're competing in Budapest, good luck. Um, hit me up. Let me know how things are going. And uh, I look forward to connecting with y'all soon. Make the last one your best one, y'all. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Platform Podcast. I'm Jordan Gundy-Wright. We'll be back with a new episode for you next week.
please don't forget to register for the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open on our website, TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com. And if you have a question or a suggestion, please email me at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Twin Cities Kettlebell Club. And if you want to step onto the platform and compete in kettlebell sport, please reach out to me. Until next time.